0: Take one deep breath.
1: Hi, I'm Bree.
0: And it's Michelle.
1: And welcome to Healing House Podcast. Each week, we break down ancient and esoteric practices, the power of tarot, yogic concepts, the occult and sacred rituals with a modern spin, making them applicable for everybody on their qu- quest uh, to arrive at home in the subtle body. Oh, wow.
0: Cackling, cackling moon, under, under the, the moon. moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> i miss you brie
1: i miss you too i feel like we haven't talked in like years for know, some reason like when
0: we, well we didn't do an episode last week
1: oh yeah because of turkey day
0: yeah turkey day and everyone yeah we were just crazy
1: oh my god and
0: i and i feel like it's still kind of crazy time
1: it is still kind of crazy just, time
0: yeah this is my busy wait well this is always my busiest time but normally I have that East Austin Studio tour like going on in November and I make that's like my money maker and it yeah did not ha- did not happen this year. so it's like just a weird like me trying to bust out all these commissions, which is great and awesome and I'm super grateful that people are getting commission work from me. but it's just like, oh my gosh, different for sure.
1: I know. I know. You're a hustler and like cheers to you. Like, just fucking being able to pivot and work with like where we are in the world right here, right now. And dog portraits, it is.
0: Yeah. Start painting dog now. I was Boom. painting dog right before this.
1: Oh, you were? What was its name?
0: Its name is Aspen.
1: What up, Aspen? Shout out to Aspen. You, my bitch, Aspen.
0: It's very cute. It's a husky.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Hence the name Aspen, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Today at this <laughs> today at the store, a puppy came in and everybody freaked out and it pissed everywhere. <laughs> Including all over one of the girls that I work with's legs and they were like brand new leggings that she had on. Oh my and she- God. the puppy just like pissed on her. She like was hobbling over <laughs> to the cash register. It's like, "Are you okay?" She's like, "It's okay. A puppy just peed on me." she was literally like lieutenant danning like all the way over to the fucking cash register and i was like (laughs) what happened to you and she's like a puppy peep a puppy yummy
0: it's fine puppies can do whatever they want when i the last time i was in uh colorado in boulder i was walking down you know walking down pearl street and i don't know maybe you know what it is but it's like this crazy gorgeous like light fixture shop and rugs like it's all lights
1: I know exactly what you're talking about yeah
0: it's beautiful but we were like just strolling and we saw you know it's it's inviting
1: lights and rugs
0: yeah lights and rugs and I was like dude we got to go in there and we walked in there's a puppy like a little baby pit bull like tied up like on a you know like a little rope like on one of their like fixture things and it was like so a funny. lamp, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems like, like a not lamp. very smart
1: place to tie like a puppy up to, Dude, <laughs> you're just so asking none for of it,
0: it. None of it was smart on their part because I like walk up to this puppy and I was wearing like a really big sleeved sweater, like one of those like bell sleeves, like super cute sweater. And I walk in, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, hi puppy. And Jordan's like looking at the shit. And then like this dog is like, you know, and it like, it it, like grabs the sleeve of my sweater and is like pulling at my sweater. I'm like, oh, you know, cute and funny and like whatever. And it won't let go. And like, you know, like the pitbull's like jaw is like, just like locked shut. It's like a hippo's
1: jaw. It's not coming loose or a crocodile. I don't know
0: what to do. And so I'm like, uh, hello. Uh, somebody. <laughs> the dog is just
1: eating your sweater, and your yeah, hand is like, next.
0: I'm like, I don't know what to do, and like, uh, the, none. There's two people working in the store, and they were just literally like, absolutely did not give a shit about this dog, like eating my sweater. So Jordan literally comes over and is like prying this like dog's like
1: mouth open. It's like, where's your parents? <laughs> Where are your parents, dog?
0: <laughs> he like freed me from it and it was just like so funny it looked like a little baby like ninja turtle this dog dude
1: like, you're wild pipples have again, like one of the strongest like jaw locks too so like your sweater was is in there if his mouth is closed dude, it was
0: so funny <laughs> it was all like stretched out and shit but again i was like well whatever it was a cute puppy he do you know do whatever he wants
1: <laughs> you know yeah right <laughs> go ahead you can eat my sweater off of me <laughs> yep yeah. I feel like puppies like can do that. It's like old people and puppies. Like if you're one of those like subcategories or sub subgroups, like you can do whatever fuck you want. You're totally <laughs> fine. You're it's fine. like that Patton Oswalt bit that he does about like the old people. Like when you hit like a certain age, you get like certain circuit- certain like <laughs> privileges now. And I remember yeah. he gets like all the way to like a hundred. He's like, if you live past hundred, you could legally kill somebody because if you die by the hand he's like but you have to kill them with your bare hands and then if you are murdered by like a hundred and ten year old woman with her bare hands you deserve to die you deserve you're you're done like you're fine
0: and we are not punishing her
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it kind of reminds me of that jackass uh Episode where like Johnny Knoxville and Wee Man and Steve O they dress up as like the old people and then they go oh into god, the grocery yes. store and just start stealing shit. <laughs> yeah. Remember when Jackass no, was like the shit?
0: Oh my god, the best.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: People were like oh. imitating Jack. Yeah, I was like imitating Jackass, and now
1: there's I did. so many
0: ways of like putting that on the internet. Like that's like all the internet is. But
1: absolutely, yeah, that's a- that is YouTube. they pretty much like inspired youtube yeah i remember like in high school me and my friend would watch jackass and her dad would let us get like fucked up like he would buy us like alcohol let us smoke his weed but we couldn't leave the house that was like that was like the rules so we would just get like fucked up and get on aim and myspace and like talk to dudes and then we would do like just like really weird like stupid teenager shit and one of them was, like, jackass stunts. And I just remember starting one. Uh, what was I going to do? But it start- I don't remember the exact trick that I was going to do on her skateboard. But I just remember starting it. And this is when my last name was Pilato. And people would call me, like, Brie Potato. And I'd be like, hi, I'm Brie. And I call this one the Potato. And I forgot what the <laughs> fuck I did. But... It was so good. I remember her and her dad were, like, laughing at – I think her dad honestly just wanted to get me drunk so I'd do stupid shit because yeah. he w- we were, like, his you know, I
0: love, when, I love when you were, like, young. You're like, yeah, this guy's cool. And then you, like, grow up and in your adult and you're like, that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that
1: he <laughs> – I know. I was talking to Dan about it. I was like – it's like this grown-ass man who's, like, letting me and, like, his, like, daughter, like – 15-year-old girls, like, getting fucked up and doing stupid shit while he laughs.
0: Yeah, but only
1: in front of me, though.
0: You have to stay
1: here. You can't leave. Yeah. (laughs) It was weird. Like, he had a very, like, I think he was just, like, kind of emotionally, like, dependent upon, like, his daughter because, like, even today like, she'll tell me stuff about how he's like, oh my god, I tried to leave, but, like, I couldn't and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I'm like, I know. I just think that he, I don't know, he was, like, lonely <laughs> and sad. Yeah. He was,
0: that was his glory days, being the cool dad.
1: Being cool dad. Yeah. His last reign was cool dad. <laughs> cool dad. <laughs> Speaking of, like, you know, adult parental figures that, like, allow you to do fucked up shit and, like, facilitate you getting to do fucked up shit. We're going to talk about Alistair Crowley today and we're yeah cheers and we're gonna learn about his uncle who let him do some really fucked up shit
0: we're yeah we're both drinking cat blood and semen right now one of us guess which one of us has the semen
1: whoever (laughs) wins whoever wins gets a free tarot reading from me (laughs) <laughs> so if you guess dm us or email us at healinghousepodcast at gmail.com who is drinking cat blood or semen piss and if you guess correctly you get a free tarot reading boom
0: get a tarot reading.
1: boom um hokey pocus focus mitchy what's up what are you working on this Ooh. week besides dog portraits and I know, commissions and
0: I mean, pretty much just getting through, um, getting through the times. I was thinking, I've been pulling, um, the eight of pentacles Uh, I did in a reading recently and I'm just like, it's kind of like the theme of like what I'm, what I'm doing right now is just like using my like focus and my diligence and my craft to just like zone in and like kind of get through even like what's, you know, sometimes like dull or even like intimidating commissions or uh, just, like, getting through it by, like, my using, you know, my my power, which is, like, my focus, and, like, focusing in and getting them done, because it's so easy. I recently, like, I have a friend who, like, worked for herself for, like, many, many years, and then recently, like, got a job, like, a more corporate job, like, a nine-to-five, and has just been, like and she's thriving like she's like oh my gosh like everything I thought I like wanted to get away from from like the nine to five you know and I was doing for so long like now that it's like back it's just like I I don't have to like worry about the income coming in I don't have to like plan my own schedule it's just like oh clock in and clock out and then like do whatever you want for the rest of the day whereas like yeah. when you're in that sometimes and you kind of like you're like well I don't want to do it from you know I don't want to do it on someone else's time but, like, what I'm kind of realizing, like, with all of my, like, personal freedom, which is, like, everything I strive for for, like, so long. Yeah. And, like, then, you know, like, once you arrive, you're, like, well, it looks better over there now, actually. Because, um, like, ne- when you're when you're in it and it's just, like, oh, my gosh, I have, like, so much freedom in my schedule to, like, you know.
1: Live your life. It
0: Le- yeah. It's, like, I mean, and I know times are different, like, right now with, like, all the things in the world happening and, like, covid not being able to just, like, do whatever you want all the time. But, like, for me, it's just been really hard to, like, schedule my time properly where, like, it's beneficial. And it's, like, we all know it's just so easy. You know, everything's going so great when you kind of stick to some sort of, like, regimen or schedule, at least for me.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm just noticing, like, how hard it is sometimes to be, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm, like, looking at, you know, like, okay, I'm doing all these portraits, doing all the commissions. Things are money – you know, this amount of money is coming in, but, like, I then I have to, like, play catch-up and, like, book more. Like, I'm always, like, well, what's going to be, you know, after this? Like, it as to where I never, ever had to worry about that before when you have, like, multiple other just, like, clock-in kind of jobs. It's like, oh, well, I always have a paycheck coming through, you know, the coffee shop while I'm doing all the side hustling. But, like, now it's like, oh, the side hustling is, like, most, the majority of what I'm doing. So... My hocus, focus, focus is just, like, being okay with, like, all the stages and all the parts of, like, you know, where you're at and where I, like, thought I would, wanted to be and, like, you know, being, like, oh, this is, like.
1: You have this arrived. Is where I wanted
0: to. Yeah, like, I've arrived and it's, like, uh, there's things that are, like, hard about it and, like, a struggle about it, but, like, I'll, that's just, like, another opportunity for me to, like, tighten up in certain Areas or like be more disciplined and 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 like give myself a break in other areas like just to kind of chill out a little bit um, while like legitimately hustling as hard as I can but not making it so like overwhelming because it's like yeah what I'm finding is it's really easy for me to feel like super overwhelmed like oh shit like I gotta fucking I gotta do this work I, and I have to like schedule it in and like time like really really it's just business-minded in that way I
1: suppose I guess well also too I don't know if you feel this but like with that especially too when people pay prepay for the service before they receive the the actual either service or the craft that you are providing it gives me anxiety when I have oh, somebody's yeah. money and then I haven't given them the thing Do right. you ever feel that
0: Well, yeah, I have to make, like, I do a a very specific setup with that because, like, what I learned before was, like, when I took payments from people first, because a lot of people, a lot of people like to just pay all up front. Some people try to do that. They're like, let me just pay for it now. Like, I have the money now and I want to pay for it now. But, like, there's nothing worse to me than that because, like, I know this sounds, like, absolutely insane, but I'm sure people, like, can understand it. But, like, once you have the money, I feel like, like, oh, my God, and now I have to do the painting. And, like, once you're done with the painting, it's like there's no... You know what I mean? Like
1: it's like the money's already
0: gone. Like the money's already like I would love having I do a deposit set up like I do a deposit because like, OK, if you for some reason like pull out of this or like whatever, what's whatever, I'll just I'll just take a deposit. I'll get started on your thing and then you'll pay me the rest once I'm finished. And that's just like how I have to work.
1: Because, I think that's smart. Like a tattoo yeah. artist. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you're like getting something at the end. Like you're still like. Getting paid once it's over. There's like, oh, I gotta finish this because like there's a reward at the end and it's money. (laughs) Totally. And
1: it's money, please. And it's money, so (laughs) gotta do it. Yeah. for sure, dog, for sure. I fuck with
0: that. Thank you, everyone who has, you know, ordered. My mom loved
1: her Aries painting, btw.
0: (gasps) And yeah, Bree's mom got a commission piece, which I can't wait to do the other ones. great
1: yeah i didn't i tried not i was like and that's really great like i didn't (laughs) want to like i'm like fuck shut (laughs) up brie don't give away the fucking idea and i'm not going to give it away on here i'm not going to give it away
0: i did a lot oh because maybe she'll listen we'll just wait
1: she yeah we'll we'll wait we'll wait we'll wait we'll wait yeah because she listens which is slightly terrifying hearing my mom talk about dan ejaculate inside of a test tube and (laughs) us drinking semen and cat blood. But hey, mom, I'm your little girl. (laughs) Mommy's little girl. That's mommy's little girl drinking (laughs) semen and cat blood. I didn't ask for this. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's like, she's just crying. She's like, that's my girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. She's, like, <laughs> tells her friends about me, and they're, like, oh, Lisa's daughter. And they think I'm one of the girls with, like, you know, the V-neck tee and the blazer and the highlights and the distressed jeans, like, talking about self-care, you
0: yes. know. And then Ooh, they like, listen to it.
1: Podcast. What? Oh, you're like, Ooh, oh, healing. Healing. Right? She's going to be sweet. Ugh. Nope. <laughs> 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 Welcome to hell, kids. Buckle up. <laughs> oh god! Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. That's so good. Oh, I love it.
0: So good.
1: My hocus pocus focus. Um, first of all, I didn't realize how depressed and sad and anxious and sleep deprived I was being at my previous occupation. until, like, (laughs) this week, when, like, I, like, wake up, I have energy, I sleep all the way through the night, I'm, like, not having, like, crazy, weird, like, random, like, anxiety attacks in the middle of the evening, like, I... That's a plus. Yeah, exactly, that's such a plus, and it's really crazy, because I thought I would miss, um, like going, 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 and, like, having the emails, having the to-do list, like, 24-7, because that's just, like, how I roll. I really like being um, occupied and busy, but, like, I just am working on, like, really honoring my instincts, and when something doesn't feel right, After, you know, I take time to like thoroughly analyze it in my mind and in my heart, like if it's not working, it's okay to let go, you know, so I'm just really working on that type of like energetic communication with myself because I feel super grounded, you know, like it's, it's chill. Like, you know, you do all of your work at work. Isn't that a crazy concept? You know, like Mm -hmm. they don't expect me to be like emailing at like, you know, midnight trying to find a sub for the 6 a.m c2 you know like i can you know i'm not having to push myself past my limits and past my ability to give to the point where i'm completely like drained to pieces which and to teaching now teaching now is like it's like a gift. Like I keep looking at like our sub app because I'm like, I want to teach some more, you know, but a lot of them are like midday when I'm like working and stuff. So I can't, but like when I go into the studio to like take or like to practice or to teach rather, I'm just like so happy. And I feel like I'm falling back in love with like What I love to do, but also now, cause I was just saying, you know, I like to be busy, 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 but now I get to be busy with the things that I really want to be busy with. Like we're going to do a backbend workshop, uh, through healing house And I'm super excited. Um, That's hopefully going to be down the pipes uh, coming in either late December, uh, January, which will be really, really great. And, you know, I want to prove to, like, all of you and, like, make you believe that you don't have to be this, like, twig, like, flexible Cirque du Soleil chick to, like, have really, like, strong... And deep backbends you need to be disciplined and willing to do the tiny things and master the basics and to build strength in your body and mobility and literally that's it. Like I am not a flexible person at all. Like I'm actually very tight in a lot of areas of my body, but I really honor the small things and I'm very disciplined in my practice. And even if it's just for 15 minutes a day, like I will work on mobility if that's all I have time to. But, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and then you're bending. Right. But it's just really cool. Like I'm just really going to promise myself that I'm going to listen. I'm not going to ignore me. Any longer because I feel so just grounded and really calm and... And happy, especially after we got the new store open up. Oh, my God. And also, Free People is just, like, a great brand. They pay their employees, like, a really, really great wage, and the product is amazing. You know, it's more than people just wandering around in stretchy pants and cute clothes. Like, there's purpose and intention behind what they do. We have a lot of charities and nonprofits that we give to, and they just, like, seem to, like, really, really care, which is, it's, I felt heard.
0: Yeah, at that like that's i feel amazing
1: and honored which i i feel honored at core power too they've done so much for me you know i don't want to discredit that like at all it's just kind of like things come to an end and you know i i personally just wasn't able to show up in the way i wish i could show up any longer because I grew and that's great because that's what happens in yoga is that you grow out of things and you move forward with, with bigger things and then you learn to trust your intuition. And it's just that I'm at the point now where I want to put, you know, myself and my family like first. So
0: just like you should.
1: Exactly. And I definitely wasn't doing that. I've always been so career driven, but yeah, I'm just, I'm really, really grateful for my time there and I'm really, really happy that I get to stay there. Because teaching has been so fucking awesome. I just awesome. love
0: that it's like a couple of different passions that you have and like, dream, and just kind of consolidating them and being able to...
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. You know. Totally. So. And it's like I've fallen back in love with core power, too. Because... I get to be the teacher and I get to be the student. I get to go in, be, like, you know, my goofy-ass self and, like, you know, really just, like, for that, like, two hours that I'm there, just, like, bring it and have a blast and then leave. And so I feel like people are getting a better side of me on top of that with, like, this shift. So, yeah, that's my, and like, tiny things is just to promise, to make a pact with myself to listen, to pay attention, um, and yeah. It's interesting because, too, I've been – I keep pulling, like, I swear to God, like, the same duo, so I keep pulling five of wands in reversed, and then three of pentacles upright, like, the two. Like, I'm just like, wow, I am really in a huge, like, healing process right now, but I'm also at the beginning of, I think, like – what 2021 is going to be an incredibly positive lucrative year yeah for me and for like us I feel like
0: I do too I I totally feel that because I that even like yeah it felt like just like that ability to like focus like you know through this like dull these like heavy times or these dull times or even like you know sometimes like to me like you know Oh, you wanted to work, you know, wanted to work. Like, it's like, what perspective, how are you going to look at it? Cause like, okay, you wanted to work for yourself. And now you're like, Oh, well now I'm trapped in my, in my house. And I feel like, you know, I'm not like having this like creative. I'm process. trapped. I'm not like being in spot. Yeah. I'm trapped in my closet. Um, <laughs> really weird. And, like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it was, it's like a necessary stage of the progression though. Like, had I not been able to just like kind of go through everything and, like, use all of this, like, open free time to, like, really decide what it is that I want to do and, like, take the steps to, like, get there and, like, focus on Healing House and focus on, like, my own services and come January, like, I'll be doing more, like, my healing services but I'm just kind of going to change um, the, like, vibe of it a little bit um, and kind of offer, like, just a lot of Reiki, a lot of, like, healing and not so much of the, like, I mean of course like people, you know, still come to like we all have, you know, shadow work and stuff like that. But I think that like the beat of my session will just be like where do we wanna get to? Like I'm you know, let's not like develop. I love it. It's like almost yeah. like a
1: it's almost like a therapy session. Like yes, we have we'll an connect, end goal. Like, yeah.
0: Yes. Let's come up like what's working, what's like so positive, what's like the truth, you know, behind like the fears and everything. And like, let's move forward because I think, you know, what, how we, where we put our energy and how, what we spend our time thinking about. And I, I like, you know, when you're spending a lot of your time, like doing grief work, which is like a hundred million percent necessary, but once the grief work is done and you know it, like you move, you know what I'm saying? Like you use, even like with the 10 of swords to the back, like, you know, you don't like, you know, you don't like fall and like keep them, you know, you kind of use, you literally get up keep walking leave the swords as they are and like use them use that lesson or that pain or that whatever to get you where you're going and it's like yeah i think a it's... lot of 2020 was that for a lot of people
1: yeah i know like dan and i were talking he was like you know 2020 kind of worked out really well for you brie and like i was kind of like thinking about you too i was like damn 2020. Somehow did work out for me, but I was thinking about you too, because like think about like pre pandemic, like you know going back to like, you know you're clocking in and clocking out at like you know the coffee shop and and things like that. Like think about it. if it wasn't for COVID, you wouldn't have like made this major transition. Do you know what I mean? In the timely fashion that you have made it, you wouldn't have had the time. And then just, like, the, the the inspiration to, like, do it, to, like, take that right. leap of faith, like, into... I don't want to... I mean, it is kind of the unknown. Like, you've never been fully solo, flying on your own. Like, you've always had some sort of, like, backup. You know, kind of, like, that right. stability check.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, yeah, just, like, getting there and being, like, all right, like, exc- yeah, and just, like, we're, like, just kind of thinking ourselves and being, like, you know, giving ourselves that boost, even, like, a, you know, when it's, like, fucking hard to just be, like, just keep it going, like, you've already done so much, like, I'm on that trip, like, it's, like, I've already done so much, everything that I've ever, like, wanted to do, like, at some point, like, I, I've done, so, like, awesome, now what, like, you know, and I'm just excited to, like, have, see it, you know, unravel even more, healing now. I'm excited we have our set, well, this this won't be out until afterwards, but at least maybe it'll inform you about their existence in the next one. But we have a um, full moon circle, the morning moon, also known as the beaver moon, for November uh, on Sunday, in just a couple days.
1: The beaves.
0: Yeah, beaves moon.
1: Beaves men's.
0: It's beaves moon.
1: I love all the artwork that you did for it yeah it was really good i was like i love that i think for like i have an idea for the backbend workshop yes what so i was thinking we could do like some sort of like like old school like carny contortionist one to kind of just like go on track with that theme what do you all think because i think that would be dope
0: i think that would be dope let's do that
1: okay jiggity check do you know what i'm ready for (laughs)
0: oh card time. Magic card. card time magic card time
1: card time it's, it's the rat time what do you got the daily the daily the days the days the daily oh my god we got this really beautiful deck in the store today and it is like <gasps> yeah. oh yeah girl it is really, really beautiful. Like all the imagery, and then it's cool—the book that comes with it. It tells you the astrology with like the cards. It tells you the numerology. Like, Ooh, cool. it's really cool. um I'll just get you one. And I'll send it to you. It's pretty great. That. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're like. I'll take a present. You sent me a present, that. so I. It's my turn to send you a present, so I'll send it to Did you.
0: Get your present.
1: Yeah, my robe.
0: Oh, you, okay, yeah, but you got it, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: I love it. I wore it the other day. I think when I wear it, it really does bring me uh prosperity. But anyway, okay, go ahead.
0: Air, earth, water. Earth. Earthy time.
1: Leap! Oh, my God. Do you want to know what's crazy? So yesterday I took um, Laura Micus's Yoga on Demand class, and her theme, so kind of just like her universal message throughout class, was leap of faith.
0: Oh, my gosh. It was meant to be. Leap before you believe you're worthy or ready. You are as ready as you'll ever be in this moment. Failure is not possible for you. Take a deep breath now to the fear jump into the heart of the light leap i love that
1: i do too that makes my heart happy
0: failure is not possible for you failure is not possible for you failure is not possible yeah
1: for seriously you. talk about affirmation that's one that i really really need to be echoing to myself like every single day like all yeah. the time i feel like i've gotten a bit better at it but still doing that Still leaping. leapfrogging over. Alright, everybody. Your girl is ready to rumble. Let's get this Alistair Crawley Sex Magic Occult Secret Society Party going. I have my Shriner cap on hand right now. It's at the dry cleaner, so
0: Yep, she's back in Robedon. My up. other
1: secret society gear is just gonna just gonna have to do. It's just what what it is. I wonder what our Thank garb you. would consist of. What would it what would it be? What would like make us obviously tree skirts and <laughs> 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 oh.
0: definitely some dope ass headpieces like
1: oh yes. yeah 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 like super like baller ass like shit that drag queens would even be jealous of.
0: Yeah. And, like, I'm, I don't know, like, sheer outfit with, like, glit, like sparkly glitter shit all over it. Maybe a cloak mm, or some sort.
1: Love sheer. Nothing on underneath.
0: Nothing underneath.
1: Nothing underneath. Just, like, straight up naked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. into it. I'm fuck with it. I'm into it. Um, all right. Dude, okay. So, I have to say, so, Alistair Crawley. Um, is who we're going to be covering this week on on potentially maybe even an entire couple episodes of Mr. Crowley. Um, But this guy researching him and just really putting like the pieces that I know together, you know, because I've read like his poetry and, you know, some of his books, like, you know, Diary of a Drug Fiend and shit like that. And, you know, england rock and roll like you know the beatles and you think like black sabbath yeah ozzy Osbourne like his you know because he's one of you know britain's most infamous you know Mm -hmm. cultural human beings um he is a fucking trip man he's also a fucking misogynist uh which we'll we'll talk about here uh in a moment when we talk a little bit more about his sexuality but yes Today, on Healing House, we are going to be covering Alistair Crowley, the wickedest man in the world who horrified 20th century Britain, the master of darkness, We sir. So he never got knighted. Mr. Crowley. <gasps> but I, I'm just like so <laughs> involved IP. in it. Yeah, I'm like going to be English by the end of this episode, like listening to all the books on tape and... <laughs> the podcast and yeah so um and the sources really quick uh wikipedia obvi the life and legacy of the notorious cult leader and novelist by charles river and the great beast 666 are some of my resources um shall we kick it off well michelle first of all do you know anything about alistair crawley like any cool fun like random facts you want to share with anyone
0: um Honestly, like the only things I knew I mean I knew, you know, he was like a occultist, I knew he was in the Golden Dawn, like many other occultists. Um sec, you know, I just knew he was like super into orgies.
1: Fuck yeah, and,
0: yeah, eating poop and smearing poop in his eyes. Super sanitary. Um
1: drinking <laughs> you think blood, I'm drinking. COVID of right yeah. now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just a bunch of, like, yeah, sex rituals, and, yeah, his, all of, like, his, also his poetry and his influence on, like, musicians, and, like, David Bowie, even writing, Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of songwriters have, like, used or been inspired by his, um, by his stuff. Um, I think the only, yeah, uh, also, like, his, the, maybe, obviously, you'll probably talk about it, but, like, his, like, or. Is that the idea to like uh, death by orgasm? I thought was I remember thinking was pretty funny. I don't know if you.
1: I think it's funny and kind of down. Um. I know. I was like, I was
0: like, there's a ton of stuff that I'm not down about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, for sure
0: with him, um, and I'm not drinking cat blood, but um, I was very down to like I was very inspired by his his suggestion of like definitely. Uh, while you're going out to be like rubbing one out or to like be happy <laughs> while you die, I'm gonna try and remember that I'm gonna be like on my deathbed just like, <sighs> like hold up we'll like, yeah. uh, like hold your up. hands just like go <laughs> yeah.
1: down.
0: they're like wait what are you doing is she grabbing for like oh my Jordan's just like she's <laughs>
1: fucking masturbating yeah. oh my god Michelle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody get me off real quick <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. I'm into it. What a way to go, you know? Woo. Uh, Woo. (laughs) Absolutely. I think like one of the crazy or just like just ridiculous things that like I read about him was so, I mean, obviously we'll talk about his sex life, but he's definitely a misogynist and again this is not verbatim this is berbrium so this is like how i took an information and then i breberized it so (laughs) i was i was watching um a video about him because i was just like wait i need somebody to re-say this and so i was listening to this video about this guy talking about there was this time where he was being alistair Crowley was being interviewed about like you know obviously his sexuality which he was bisexual and we'll tap into that um but you know he said why women were kind of like the perfect specimen to like have sex with was because we're stupid and he's saying that like the best type of sexual partner is the one that you can control and who can't like outwit you take it back take it back you dead piece of shit (laughs) yeah where's your magic now (laughs) but basically just like ripping on chicks and how we're fucking stupid and that you know we're basically lucky to have him inside of us so yeah um i was just like fuck you dude yeah Yeah. and a fucker you okay Mm. anyways alistair crowley <clears throat> the you was no just kidding uh alistair crawley left his legacy on this planet as a mountaineer profound chess player drug fiend sex addict poet practitioner of magic with a k bitch tantric magic <laughs> tantric magic monumental occult guru and messiah of the anti-christianity Born October 12th, 1875, in Royal Leamington Spa, England, Alistair died December 1st, 1947. Alistair was born into one of Britain's most devout Christian families. Oh, well, you look at that. Somebody started off as a good little Christian boy. We're going to break down his chakras. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) everybody, guess what chakras fucked up? (laughs) Michelle, do you have the answer? Root. Solar. (laughs) Seven. Yeah. Yeah, So go back to the chakra episode if you want to know what we're talking about there. Alistair's mother, Emily Bertha Bishop, was from Davinshire Somerset family. Emily had a stained relationship with her son. She referred to him as the Beast, a name that Alistair reveled in. Alistair was a man of, fortunately, came from money. Alistair Crawley's father, Edward Crawley, was a trained engineer and heir to the brewing company Crawley's Alton Ales. It was a fortune, dude. Like, this was, we're talking, like, Coors Banquet shit. Like, he had and came from a lot of fucking money, dude.
0: Also quick rewind on the nickname the beast like it matters what you nickname your kid like what totally. or like i'm i'm sure she was like he did some crazy shit i think and then she was like okay he's a fucking beast but then like that like that was a spell the words that you used and now <laughs> look what look you did what created
1: <laughs> 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 yeah right <laughs> oh my god dude seriously again going back to the chakra system like you remember how we talked about in the root chakra that like your bond with your mother is so fucking important and if you fuck yeah, yeah. that up somehow or it gets fucked up for circumstances that are beyond everybody's fucking control it's probably gonna fuck you up pretty hard
0: right and just like yeah even like little things like that you know okay you're calling him the beast like what do you think's gonna happen from that or like for like you know, and if you're, what for me, for instance, it was like, what a drama queen, she's gonna be an actress. Like, you know, what an actress. Yeah. It's like they, you know, like I'm performing all the time, or like I'm so dry, and it's like, I'm scarred by that now. You know.
1: <laughs> Holy, I'm really fucked up from that. You know, man. <laughs> I'm fucked up from
0: that. Okay.
1: <laughs> Dude, for real. I know. I kind never of never want to overreact. Too. No, I know. It's just so. And we don't have fucked up families. No, I'm just kidding. Love you, mom. You're great. You really are great. Like I'm not being a total asshole. Yeah. <clears throat> you did a
0: good job.
1: Right. So, uh, it it was worth a fortune, right? This family this family brewing company that was inherited um, down from Alistair Croft, so Edward's father. Right. However. Aleister Crowley's father, Edward, put the drink down for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He didn't spend a penny of his inheritance from his dead father um, because he believed that anything that was above the necessary means to live, especially drinking, was a sin. Kind of a problem if, like, you know, you're a hardcore Christian and... You know, you inherit this brewing company and then like your Christian homies are like, yo, dog, like drinking, sinning. You know that, right? You're sinning right now. You're so sinning right now. <laughs> I mean, anything above the needs to mean, the, ah, the means that you need to live was considered a betrayal of God and the work of the devil in his father's eyes. And that was a quote, too. Right, so his dad was, like, serious about, like, not fucking around with the devil. Too bad so his son... fuck
0: you up, too. Yeah, he's
1: gonna, he's like, oh, dad is scared of the devil? I'm gonna be the devil. Check this show. I'm
0: having some flashbacks of, yep, of the story of this guy's life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe- Edward and Emily were married in London's Kensington Registry office in November 1874 as evangelical Christians, right? So they're gnarly. They're like the speaking in tongues, like Jesus camp Christians. Edward had been born a Quaker, and then when he married Emily, he quickly converted. Al and his family became members of the Plymouth Brethren, a nonconformist religious denomination. His father was high up in the church and a monumental leader. Alistair was fascinated by religion and his presence with his father in the church, and he would, as a kid, he would, like, romanticize about leading the group of people the way his father did, you know, so you could see him just, like, you know how I would play, like, Dolls Having Sex and Waitress, like, Alistair Crawley would play, like, Preacher Man, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My <laughs> cabbage patch dolls are just watching my Barbies like have sex.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're just like rubbing.
1: <laughs> While well, Alistair Cross, you know, fantasizing and romanticizing about being a teacher. Yeah. So, like, when he was younger, he really just wanted to be like his dad. Yeah. Just like any little boy. Just
0: like any little boy, want to be like his God loving papa.
1: His papa. I'm Edward Senior. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that Edward actually. So it'd be Edward Crawley, um, was Alistair Crawley's first name. But you know, for the sake of this episode, and just so we kind of stay on track with like who I'm talking about, I'll always speak about Junior as Alistair. <laughs> yeah, that's him. <laughs> <clears throat> Edward Sr. was incredibly devout and disciplined with his religious practices. He spent his time as a traveling preacher for the Brotherhood and would always read a chapter from the Bible to his wife and son and daughter every single time, every single morning that he spent with them. So basically, like, every mealtime, anytime you were about to do anything where it could kind of, like, borderline even sinning because his dad believed that even eating past yourself being full was a sin like oh an- yeah like anything like basically this was like no joy Child. oh yeah. god me too honestly that's kind of what I needed I had the opposite of that my grandma was just trying to shove food down my face like I'd have like sh- my you know my sister <laughs> holding my jaw open and then my grandma just like elbow slams like a giant <laughs> oh my tortilla god. into my mouth
0: <laughs> finish it
1: <laughs> And you finish see her! her. <laughs> Fight! Finish her! <laughs> and that's just how it ends. Yeah. Oh. You're... <laughs> so good. Oh. Yeah, and the Crawlies, you know, like it, Alistair wasn't just like a single kid. You know, he also had a sister, right? Um, however, she died. I didn't look too Uh, deeply into why Alistair had a relationship with his dad very, very well, right? He admired and respected him deeply. And I think, like, to my notion from everything that I read, his father seemed like a pretty freaking rad guy. Just, like, really, like, you know, practice what he preached, you know, like he seemed to be like a really like you know there wasn't any like at least what I could research and find any records of like physical abuse you know but obviously like telling your kid if you know he has dessert like before dinner that like you're gonna go to hell and just, die
0: yeah just a little emotional abuse there
1: yeah oh yeah Um. but you know he was a young kid he admired his dad and his dad was like super into the lord so of course he's gonna be like yeah I super am too right So Alistair fell in love with Christianity and its practices in hopes of appeasing the father that he placed on a pedestal. As a young boy, he wanted to be a preacher just like his father, but instead of hanging out with his friends outside, Alistair would study the Bible and pray. Obviously, he was bullied um, by his peers, like hardcore. You know, like he would come home with like, you know, bruises and cuts and shit like that and you know obviously his family never said anything because he came home alive and like <laughs> you know this was again yeah. like 1870 something you know or something like that but um but you know so he was like bullied kids really were still badly mean then. yes <laughs> if anything they were probably even meaner back yeah, then dude no... yeah Think about it. There was no filters. Again, this is like 18, you know, 60 to 80-something, dog. Like, this is, like, it, this is a man's world. Like, and yeah. fucking, like, there's, there's racism, there's homophobia, there's, like, hardcore. This is when, like everybody on the block is a christian dog like an evangelical christian like every single person you michelle me dan's ass like it like everybody was so like if you were you know outside of the lord you were like straight up just like a castaway oh but i have some sad news so sadly alistair's father ended up passing away from tongue cancer Which, like, made me really want to go to the dentist. I don't know why. I just was like, okay, I gotta go get my mouth chucked out.
0: (laughs) Wait, my tongue can get cancer?
1: Yes, I'm like, oh my god, I I, I haven't been to the dentist in a couple of years. I should probably get I
0: haven't been to the tongue doctor, like, ever.
1: (laughs) Oh, fuck, a tongue Doctor. Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) it's just the spin doctors who are the tongue doctors
0: my google search yeah, tongue doctor near me actually
1: (laughs) what are you doing over there michelle nothing (laughs) oh nothing
0: if oscar insurance takes (laughs) this tongue doctor takes my insurance
1: (laughs) yeah but fucking sucks i heard tongue cancer actually really does suck so i'm sorry if anybody out there had tongue cancer we take it super seriously tongue cancer awareness month (laughs)
0: yeah i don't take any any uh, cancer like you know
1: cancer's not cool
0: it's a bummer it's It's
1: a bummer it's not funny we're just like funny we can't help it (laughs) um and his departure from his life to the next, right? He left his son a handsome inheritance, right? So, alistair Crawley, dude, was a trust fund kid. Like fucking knew it. Fucking knew it. <laughs> Went to Cambridge. He's in a, either in a men's like acapella group or he's date raping girls. Like that's yeah. the either one. Can't go. Can't choose either one. Like there's yeah. no in between. You got to choose one path or the other. He's one of those. And he chose date rape for sure. <laughs> he orged down. He orged down. He's had everything you could think of in the book. <clears throat> After Alistair Crawley's father's death, um, you know, Alistair's asthma went from like mild to severe. I mean, and if you know anybody that has asthma, I when I was a kid, I used to have severe asthma and I would have to take a nebulizer treatment every fucking night, dude. It was Dude, nuts. Jordan has bad
0: asthma. Yeah, he's got the asthma. I remember. I have. I have sports-induced asthma, which is just a sign from the universe telling me not to do sports and that sports are stupid.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. And that you are one hundred percent full witch.
0: Yeah. sports like, are dumb.
1: You I'm only. A, I'm a fucking Hermione Granger because I am so competitive. It's disgusting. It's like it. I'll slit your throat over Yahtzee.
0: I'm not honestly sometimes in games if i'm winning i just try to lose because i just don't i just don't even care i'd rather have someone else be happy instead of me
1: what the fuck dude who are you <laughs> gross this is disgusting. Just... disgusting i want to, see
0: else light. I, want to... <laughs> I want to see somebody else light up you know like i don't
1: Oh, like, i'm watching these guys, I I'm will like, light you up. really
0: care yeah like you really fucking care about this like i am just like stoned right now and i don't know why this is happening i think i just have good luck in games sometimes even like sometimes physical games
1: your luck is insane like you i'm i'm not even joking everybody michelle is like seriously one of the luckiest people ever but it's like random weird luck you know like like when we went to vegas and you like won a just like a crazy amount of money off penny slots where it's like oh my god you won that off penny slots holy shit yeah. You know,
0: and what was the other first one? time Not
1: gambling. First time. What
0: was the other one that I was winning? The red and black
1: roulette. I remember I was like, what the fuck? Because I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was before we got kicked out because um, we were with somebody. Oh, we were, my God. What? Well, I don't understand this, too, because we had bottles. We had glass bottles in there. We were with Blackhawk. But... Remember she was slamming her drink? Like, she slammed her drink, like, on top of somebody else's drink? Yeah. And it was just, like, going everywhere? I don't know. Yeah, I
1: remember that. I remember waking up and... (laughs) <laughs> this uh, this young lady we were with was like, I want McDonald's breakfast! <laughs> <laughs> like, we had done Molly, and we were, like, drunk as fuck the whole night, and then Michelle was singing, like, every Julie Andrews musical you could possibly think of, and then Brooke was there, so it was just, like, amplified to, like, <laughs> 70, like, up until, like, 4 a.m., and then we all slept for two hours and then woke up to screaming sound of somebody dying if they don't receive mcdonald's breakfast which i've been there Ugh. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah you know like yeah that's like your you, know you
1: know it's you bad you know it's bad if that's the thumb first thumb thing up. you want
0: yeah like <laughs> the greasiest cheesiest bagel ever Ooh, yeah it's not even a bagel i don't even understand what
1: it's a is. mcmuffin but they do have bagel mcdonald's has had like uh, like, an, a form of an egg McMuffin that is transported through the vessel of a bagel. A bagel. A bagel. That's what she
0: wanted. Just saying.
1: Yeah. Um, which, I'm a McMuffin, like, through and through, dog. McMuffin. I just think of uh, <laughs> super bad. <laughs> okay, back to Alistair Crowley. I'm calling it. Crowley. All right, so where we took off, like, his father just died, right? So after Alistair's father's death, right, his asthma went from just, like, kind of mild to, like, severe, right? Because his asthma was getting so bad, his mother Emily thought that time away with his uncle, you know, up in the mountains, in the countryside, and on the shore and shit, right, all of that air would do him some good. Plus being near a father figure would be really great additional emotional support, especially like, you know, you're like 11 and your dad dies and, you know, you wanted to be a preacher because of him. Like that kid's world was probably wrecked pretty hard, Mm -hmm. you know, not to, you know, I, I, it's, it's crazy when, you know, when you talk about. You know, even when I listen to true crime podcasts and they talk about, like, a a murderer's, like, upbringing or something like that, and you hear about, like, the kids that, like, went through, like, hell and back, you're like, fuck, well, like, no wonder, dude. Like, you know, you feel bad for them, but I'm like, no, I feel bad for the child, them, not for, like, who they grew up to be and the choices that they decided to make. Alistair thoroughly enjoyed this time with his uncle, right? He felt free, he felt wild, you know, he was, like, out of the way of, like, his mom, who kind of sounded like a controlling bitch, and, like, you know, he was just kind of, like, able to just, like, go and, like, roam free and forget about the worries of his dad fucking dying, right? Right? And here is kind of like where his love for chess began to, pl- you know, come around to, you know, this is like, I mean, chess is fucking dope as shit and like gnarly. And you have to be really, really fucking smart to be good at chess. Yeah. Right. You have to be strategical, you know, like.
0: Yeah, I know. I watched the Queen's Gambit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, that's why my hair is red. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, but that show dog. So I good. It like two days. Oh my god, I know. I could have honestly stayed up like a whole day if I wanted to. But I'm not gonna be that crazy. Um right, this is where he developed his love for chess. You know, him and his uncle would play, uh, chemistry, mountain climbing, and the nature's and nature's natural wonders, right? This is where all of that would develop. Together, the two of them would make quite the duo. Alistair's uncle, right, not only showed him the bounty of Mother Earth and drinking in local pubs when he's fucking 11, right, drinking in local pubs with his uncle, and his uncle's just like, <laughs> look at this drunk little boy. You know, he's like in love with it. Like, I, I would probably think that was hilarious back then, of too. I yeah. would love it. I'd be like, oh, my God, who's this drunk kid? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm, like, starting to think of all the, like, accidental things, like, where, like, kids that we knew accidentally ate, like, weed stuff or drank alcohol. No. <laughs> no. Remember? I remember.
0: Remember it was my fault? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We'll tell you guys later. (laughs) But seriously, off air, we'll talk about that. Anyways, right? so yeah, not only would Alistair's uncle show him the bounty of Mother Earth and drinking at local pubs, he would help navigate the young boy through his first sexual experiences. When Alistair was just 15 years old, his uncle paid a woman to please the young boy and take his virginity. Right, Alistair's mind was obviously blown to like pieces like you're a fifteen year old and you get to fuck like a grown ass like like woman whose job but is like to professionally please you like
0: that your uncle paid for
1: that your uncle paid for.
0: yeah okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know right. like it's just like kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of episodes, like there's something fucked up and weird like happening and going on here. Not cool. Not fucking cool. Right? So, obviously, that blew his mind. And he was like, this is awesome. And he's like, oh, it's cool. You just, like, fucking pay for it? And then then that amazing sensation and feeling happens. And you have to think about it. This kid has been deprived from allowing himself to feel joy ever his whole life. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So, imagine like, you aren't allowed to feel like anything besides like melancholy your whole life
0: mm-hmm. and then the first real joy you feel is that
1: right you're going from like born to be mild to born to be fucking wild as what? fuck, yeah. <laughs> like straight up like um, yeah, he's like do- on 11
0: when you discover what an orgasm is you're just like what I never want this to end.
1: (laughs) Totally. I would jack off when I was a kid, like, five times a day, maybe. Maybe more. Maybe
0: more. (laughs) First first Google searches: how much is too much.
1: Masturbation. But, like, where do we go? Because Google wasn't around then. I didn't – no, I don't think I ever – I think the only thing I ever did on the internet back then was, like, aim – And, like, AIM AIM and dog, and that was, like, straight up it. Oh, and other AOL chat rooms, and then, like, email. I don't think I ever, like, used it as a tool to learn shit when I I was young. I didn't know that was an option. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no way, dude. You just hop on here, you, like, have, you know, digital virtual sex with people you don't even know, and then you, like, hop off. (laughs) (laughs) we
0: were talking about how like when we were kids for some reason we were talking about like the sex talk like in schools and like how fucking like how well first of all like how like limited it is and how it's like oh one talk when you're like in fifth grade or something and like that's it we'll never talk about it again um and i was like it's so crazy though how like how much you can find out like as a kid now if you just like have a cell phone or like any like you just you know it's like you just know shit we used to i used to we used to go to the bookstore when i was a kid there's a bookstore like outside of my neighborhood we would walk up to the bookstore and we would like go in the section of books where like there's going to be like na- like sexual like you know sex help like books and stuff for couples and we like fucking grab them and go look at them in the bathroom Like, that was... How you gained your knowledge? How I gained my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. This is what it is. Alright, I got it.
1: Like, this is (laughs) it. That's how I got my sexual education.
0: Yeah. So funny. But
1: yeah, so... When did I first... I'm trying to think. I think I might remember the first time I came... I definitely know the house I was in, so therefore I know the time frame. So it's between 6th and 8th grade. So probably 6th and 7th grade because I lost my virginity when I was in 8th grade. So the first time I figured out that that's what happens when you do that for a certain amount of time in the right area, I was doing it all the time all the fucking nonstop. time, non-stop dog. And to my mom got gifted a back massager for Christmas.
0: Dude, my parent wait, my mom had one too. Did I don't it know have about the back massager? Oh my god. Like and Peter?
1: then yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. The heat wand. That's a total fucking vibrator anyway. Like, fucking back massager? Okay.
1: So, seriously, dude. Like, I think about now if I would use a back massager, and then, like, I, I never. No. Like, I'd rather that's roll like, out than use a back massager.
0: That's a vibrator that if your kid finds it, you can maybe tell them it's a va- it's a back massager, and then your kid's <laughs> going to steal it and fucking whack we- Rub one
1: out with it, like 100%. seriously. And it was like my, it, it was so weird though. And the kind of like gross thing about it is because my mom would be like, "Breathe." Like it was just so regular where she would be looking for the back massager. It's just under your bed. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just bed. like in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Are we sharing?" This? <laughs> <laughs> we're sharing this, <laughs> like, I just like literally unleashed live to all of you <laughs> one of the most vulnerable things that has ever happened in my life. If I get any shit about this on the internet, fuck whoever the hell you are, because I don't know why I decided to share that right now, but,
0: but it happened. and. It- that's the the beauty of. It. So what? Uh, me and my mom share the same vibrator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it potentially. Just like,
0: potentially. This is
1: a theory. This is straight up a conspiracy theory. There is no facts that support that Lisa did that. Did that.
0: It was probably just for her back.
1: Yeah. Sure, back. Yeah. I never once used that thing for its actual purpose. And it was like perfectly shaped to master. Okay, I'm getting off the back massager.
0: Everybody knows what we're talking about.
1: (laughs) I hope there were people on the other end who were like, yeah, fuck yeah. Someone's using it right then. You would have to take a break because it gets too hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And <laughs> you'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Okay, we're going to get through this. <sighs> breathe me. Yeah. Woo. Okay, back. We're back <laughs> to where we left off, which was we're still on topic, dude. Because we're talking about like a family figure, like helping this dude, like, <laughs> fucking get yeah. off. Granted, my mother did buy me a prostitute. <laughs> but anyway, so you know, he's like, "Holy shit, first orgasm, and it's from a real girl, a real woman." You know, not just like your cold, clammy teenage boy hand. Right? <laughs> and on returning from you know Uncle's house, Astro is a new man, a new you, a new day. Yeah, the new him. It's the new me. Get out of my way, mom. Right? Is essentially was his dude. Right? Alistair arrives back to his mother, a changed young man. His mother sent him away to Christian boarding school because Alistair, dude, he was acting the motherfucking fool. Okay? Right? So... Like a beast. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then this is kind of where, you know, he began to lash out. His, like, you know, goes from, like, I want to be a preacher when I'm a young boy... Um, you know, to, to, to who he is and, like, kind of, like, his whole mentality against, like, anti-Christianity, right? While he was at school and post Crowley's father's death, he began lashing out, right, and resisting everything about his Christian faith. In class, he would point out contradictions and inconsistencies in the Bible's teaching. Obviously, this caused frustration and anger amongst the staff at this boarding school, right? Alistair hated that everything that in life that gave you joy and everything that made you feel full was considered a sin essentially, that was just kind of like his teenage angst with it, you know is just like, you know, why is it that anything that makes me feel so happy a sin? Mhm he's got a point there, man, yeah he's got a point that's like some kid in the back he's like he's got a point there and then he gets 50 lashings from a nun (laughs) after his experiences with his uncle Alistair returned to school Alistair returned home from school where his misbehavior would soon skyrocket and so this is like summer break or something like that Alistair would consistently masturbate have sex in his dorm rooms with prostitutes smoke and will later contract gonorrhea <laughs> because like that's how his uncle introduced him to sex was like you buy it it's like a thing that you go to the grocery store and you put it in your cart and then you check it out and you bring it home right? and you don't waste it either it's very precious. This is where his mother um, created the nickname The Beast, inspired from the Book of Revelations. That's literally what she compared his behavior to, was him being a gross, disgusting little pig. Right. Alistair said to himself, fine, so be it. If I'm the Beast, if that gives me the will to like live the life as I want to, I see it fit. Or see it fit, mate. Mm-hmm. He's owning it. He's owning it, right? He's like, all right, mate, that's me. I'm the motherfucking beast. Suck my dick. (laughs) Literally, he probably honestly said that. Mm -hmm. One time, Alistair, To to (laughs) to his mom, Suck my dick, mom. I mean, one time Alistair had sex with his mother's maid in her bedroom, the poor maid's reputation was like completely destroyed, right? Because again, Alistair comes from money, right? His father like inherited that brewery that, you know, eventually when he died, all that money went into a trust fund that, you know, Alistair would get when it's spring break age and like, he'll probably piss it away too. I mean, he kind of does, but doesn't because it brings him to his career. But if you were a parent and you heard the shit he bought, you would be like, are you fucking kidding me? Right? So the maid's reputation was completely ruined, right? After fucking Alistair Crawley in his mom's bed and her finding out, right? She couldn't find work anywhere. And it forced her into, into sex work. So into being a, a, a prostitute then. And is believed to be uh, Jack the Ripper's first ever victim right he also claimed that he knew jack the ripper and that jack was a very affluent occultist which immediately like it made me go to um i don't know if you listen to ah fuck it was this really good podcast if you google exactly what i'm about to tell you in some little snippets and chunks you'll be able to find it but so i listened to this podcast and it was about this guy who is a detective who believes, and honestly, after all of the evidence presented and, like, the way he connected the dots, it just, like, makes absolute sense. He believes that his dad is a Black Dahlia murderer. He believes his dad murdered Elizabeth Short. Right? And he just lays out. He just, like, was going to retire, but then he finds out this information, like, at his dad's funeral with his, like, estranged subsister, you know, that he didn't really know that well. She's like, Oh yeah. Did you know that dad killed Elizabeth short? And he was like, what? Yeah. It's fucking amazing. I wish I remember the name, but so his, you know, uh, his dad, you know, hung out with like really kind of influential, um, uh, what, what am I thinking of a uh, surrealist artist? So like you think of, Man Ray and Salvador Dali, like when the surrealist like movement was happening during that time period, like it was very very occulty, like straight up, dude. Like you know, talk about like sex magic, you know, and, and and just like these really monumental kind of like avant-garde ways of thinking of like what life and beauty and shit like that is, and then the way that Elizabeth Short died, where it almost looked like this crazy fucked up painting made total fucking sense but and so it makes sense that he would be like oh yeah i know who who fucking jack the ripper is he's an occultist and there's no fucking way i'm gonna tell any of you who he is like no you'll never find out like that's going to everybody's fucking grave but you know it just kind of made me think about that but you should listen to that podcast it's so fucking good yeah and he's right i mean he connects the dots so well but yeah so you know I was just like kind of blown away by that story because it made total, total sense for him being a part of the Golden Dawn, which we're going to kind of tap in and talk a little bit more about and probably even do a Golden Dawn episode. Right. But I, I bet you he probably actually did know who Jack the Ripper was. And I don't doubt, you know, his testimony within that. After boarding school, Alistair would later go to stay in the Alps and join the Scottish Mountaineering Club. And here's where I'm probably going to slaughter a bunch of names, and I apologize to all the Scots out there. I also really want to go to Scotland. It looks fucking amazing. As a young man, he would summit Iggyr, Trift, Jungfru, Monk, and Waterhorn. Or Wetterhorn, excuse me, Wetterhorn. So these are all, like, really, you know... Pretty like gnarly, you know, like prominent peaks and stuff like that. October eighteen ninety five, after high school, right, Crawley enrolled at Cambridge University. This is where he entered, um, you know, for the moral science uh department. So basically he wanted to study philosophy that's what he wanted his major to be which makes total sense you know he is i would consider him to be a philosopher like if i were to put him into another subcategory right and this is where um alexander edward crawley would become alistair crawley right so change check name change yeah so this is where he kind of reinvents himself and I feel like at that time at that point in my life too you know coming out of high school I'm like I'm gonna change and reinvent myself yeah you know I'm like this is my time Um, you know I'm getting ready to go away and and be off and be truly who I am and I want to get rid of this fucking like Christian name
0: mm
1: -hmm. and I have here a, a little clip because you know Like, like being human, right? We all are curious um, about why people do what they do and why they make major shifts. You know, like first thing when I knew that that wasn't his like, you know, real name and that he had a a different like birth given name. I was like, I wonder why, you know, which I'm I'm sure probably sparked in your brain. Right. so this is uh, a quote from Alistair Crowley about why he changed his name. For many years, I had loathed being called Alec, right? So that was kind of, again, just like a nickname of Alexander. Partially because of the unpleasant sound and the sight of the word. Partly because it was a name by which my mother called me. He hated his mother. Edward did not seem to suit me. It demeans me. And I don't identify with Ted or Ned. Where even less appropriate. Alexander was too long. Sandy suggested toe hair and freckles. I had read in some books or other than most favorable name for becoming famous was one consisting of the dialect followed by the sponge. As at the end of the Haxmeter, like Jeremy Taylor, Alistair Crawley fulfilled these conditions, and Alistair is the Gaelic form of Alexander. To adopt it would satisfy my romantic ideals. And that's why he changed his names. So, so he's he hated his mom. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, mom!
0: Yeah, he can only imagine like, like leaving her mouth when he hears it. Alec. Hate
1: it. It reminds me of yeah. like, Edu- like uh, Edward. Yeah. Brianne, but I love my mom. So it's like a little different, you know, like I don't hate my mother. Um, here he joined at Cambridge, right? The chess club and was very, very good. So, you know, he got older, so we got better at chess. I mean, some even considered him a genius at the game. Right. His mentor in college advised him to invest his time in chess. Right. Because he could really make like a lucrative career and be a monumental stamp on the chess world. Like he was like I mean, he was old, too old to be a prodigy. But they were saying that he was like very, very like good at chess. like a good is an understatement. They were saying that his game was like genius level. You know, like he would do the thing where like, you know, kind of like in Queen's Game where you would like play multiple people at the same time. And, you know, like he would he would fucking kick ass and take some fucking names at chess. And his mentor was like, dude, you should really stick with this. Like you actually have like a really, really promising career. You could retire when you're like 30. Call it a day. Go climb all your mountains and fucking live in the woods in Scotland and shit.
0: what's his mountain climbing journey oh my gosh
1: there's so much also too apparently he like fucking is never like respected in the mountaineering world like ever again so they were this is just again a brief brief summary of like a snippet that i was reading in one of the books that i was checking out on him so I forgot what summit that they were uh, climbing, but he was with a bunch of people, right? He was probably with like, I don't know, maybe six more homies and these guys, they were just climbing this mountain and it was really, really like cold. It was snowy. It was icy. And you know, the rules of mountaineering is that when someone needs help, you stop and you help them. Like you don't just like walk and like pass by them. Like you stop and you help your fellow human. And so what was happening is, you know, they were all climbing, and he and his mate that he was climbing with, um, like went off on their own and left the other group behind. And they could hear, like, up at the pass, like the group, um, like calling and yelling and screaming for help but instead of turning around like Alistair Crawley and this other dude like Alistair made him like keep going but then like somehow like the group they end up slipping and falling and triggering an avalanche slide and killing all of them like that group right and so like that story has gotten around about like what Alistair Crowley did, how he didn't go back and like go help those homies that he came with, and so he's completely disrespected like in the mountain climbing world. Wow. Yeah. That makes
0: sense.
1: Yeah. So. It's a little bit
0: of a bummer.
1: And you can like look up that story and get like nitty-gritty details about it, but that was just kind of like briefly what I was like listening to. And this was when I was like cleaning house and like listening and you know, I went back and I like reread it. But that was about it. And I was also high. So, so go check it out. It's the Brie Brief. Summary. It's the brie, it's the Brie Brief, right? So like from brie what brief. I remembered listening to. Right. At Cambridge, Alistair continued to satisfy his sexual desires. Right. Mainly set with sex workers. Right. Again, that's what his uncle taught him was that phenomenal transaction of money and instant satisfaction. He was purchasing services so frequently that, again, well, not again, but he gets another thing, another present. Alistair Crowley gets syphilis, right? So he goes from the clap to syphilis. And I'm just like, dude, like, he, it's out of control. You know what I mean? I mean. And he's like, what? You just pay for the hookers and then they come. You know, it's like what you do. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. So that's, like, basically, like, his relationship with sex. It's very, you know, transactional. <clears throat> in uh, 1880, or in 1988, oh, no, no, God, no, I'm so sorry. In 1888, my eyes deceive me. <laughs> Alistair <laughs> fell fell in love with one of his classmates. His name was Herbert Jerome Pollitt. He was known for his drag stage name, Diane de Rougy. Okay, and look up Diane de Ruggi because she is hot as fuck, dude. Look her up right now. See, the dogs agree with me. <laughs> but she Diane DeLouge. Diane D-I-A-N-N-E D-E Rougy But she was like babe, okay? She was his muse for many of his really early poems. Like if you hear him talking about love, um, in a lot of them, it's 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 mainly about Diane De Rougy. But uh she was beautiful. Alistair was bisexual. Right? He was said to, he said that his most euphoric and magical sexual experience was actually with a man. Which is like you know it's it's just of course obviously too like he can't go back to christianity now like he can't take like a 180 and then decide to go down you know the the, the his old path because of his sexuality and his sexual beliefs which sucks because you should be able to like believe in god if you want to be able to and love who you want to love love who you want to love. Love, love man right and these two actually he entered into a relationship with diane de Right. But later on, you know, down the road, just as like, you know, young lovers do in these, you know, when you're that age, they broke apart because, you know, Paulette didn't share Crowley's increasing interest in Western esoterrorism. Right. Uh, uh, This is a breakup that Crowley would forget, regret, and, you know, be sad about for many, many years. Again, a lot of his love poems are are about, you know, Diane de Rougey. And it really, you know, had a toll on him. I think he really, really, really loved him. In July nineteen or eighteen ninety eight, I'm gonna get there. I swear. I think I'm number dyslexic sometimes.
0: I am. In July
1: 19, 1898, he left Cambridge. Right. Not taking advantage of his degree at all, despite a first class showing in his 1897 exams and his consistent second class honors results before that. You know, so he didn't really do anything in college, kind of. I wonder if he was just one of those people who was so smart that, you know, traditional education just is, you know, it's too plain. It's too vanilla. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he was
0: probably like, you know, it's, it's in some sense, like, oh my gosh, this is dope. I get to do whatever the hell I want.
1: Totally. He needed Montessori school. Yeah. <laughs> Stepping
0: into his, into his beast-like self.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's all about the beast, baby. When Alistair graduated from college, he was able to finally, finally access his father's inheritance that he had left to him and spent his money on sex workers, books about magic, the occult, and alchemy. He got heavy into alchemy, especially because he was very, very interested in chemistry when he was at Cambridge and in high school. Right? He spent his time studying the occult and writing uh, dirty poetry about his estranged lovers and unique sexual encounters. When Alistair was in his early twenties, he recognized that he was not solo in the practice of magic with a K. (laughs) He began to believe that it was real. Right. In August of 1898, Alistair found himself in Switzerland, where he made friends with a chemist named Julian L. Baker. The two worked side by side together and they got to know each other really, really well and had a very, you know, healthy, strong relationship. Soon Baker and Crowley found themselves in London, and Julian Baker introduced Alistair to his brother-in-law, George Seal Jones, right? and Jones was in the secret society, the Homeric Order of the Golden Dawn, right, and this society was founded in 1888, so not, it's still pretty fresh, you know, especially for a secret society and like, you know, a, a, an, an occult squad, that's actually pretty fresh, you know, only being like 10 years old he invited Alistair to join one of their secret meetings to encourage his pursuit around esoteric practices in the occult this is where the magic begins my friends right this is where Alistair becomes truly who he is known to us today in our modern culture and we'll pick up next week with Alistair Crawley part 2 the golden dawn mm, the golden dawn oh but yeah so crazy life this guy has lived and like everything that I was telling you too there's just so much detail about it but I mean I don't know if we could do like a 20-part episode like that is like so much so we're just trying to wrap things up for you all um check out those references in those books and you know one of those um Movies that I watched and they'll go very, very into detail about like his specific childhood. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. And then, too, if you read some of his like poetry or any of his books, you can kind of get a little bit more hands on. And understanding and dive a bit deeper into the actual brain of, of Aleister Crowley and with more specifics, but he's, he's a wild dude. And then as soon as he joins the golden dawn, it just amplifies like all of his like philosophy. Oh yeah. Like all of his philosophy, his curiosity, his creativity, his like, like just mind goes wild in like the craziest ways. And it's, very interesting to watch. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll pick Here up next the ride. week. Here for the ride. fuck Here yeah, for dude. The ride. Um, so yeah, uh, friends, uh, if you already registered for the morning moon circle, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're having that happen. Uh, it's it's too late when you by the time you hear this episode to sign up, but we're gonna have another one, and we're gonna do the back bend workshop. And please help us, help us, help us. Um, we need you to go on Spotify and Apple and leave a review for us, right? If, you know, you aren't able to join, you know, some of our Patreon groups like The Coven or sign up for our Full Moon Circles and things like that. One way to really, really help us and support us and it's, it's free is to go and, and leave a review and, and rate us on Apple and Spotify and we'd be just so grateful. We'll We're So
0: grateful. We'll love it.
1: Love it. We'll love, love it.
0: Words that we love to hear from you guys. Yeah. And yeah. And for the moon circles, we love like form. you know, our little groups of all of our. It's just my favorite thing of like women and humans just all kind of gathering. But like as you know, moon circles once started, it was kind of like the blood, you know, like everyone's like blood time, like go under the full, you know, most women bleed with the full moon.
1: Mm. and just
0: like getting together and chatting is so fun it's and to, so like, much really fun like really form these it's even cooler like to be able to do it virtually i think just to get to know kind of people from like all over and on the internet is so fun i know um, i'm having a great time with that in quarantine so
1: same uh yeah thank you yeah we love you one deep breath we'll see you next week (sighs) oh